Let's go to Hebrews 13, verse 15. says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to godly continually. That is, the fruit of the, the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So can we stand up and begin to clap our hands and do that right now and lift up a shout of praise. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for the things you're going to do in this service.
Jesus for the blood. Hallelujah. was a wretch I remember who I was I was lost I was blind I was running out of time sin separate the breach was far too wide from the far side of the cast you held me divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross you paid the debt I owe broke my chains freed my soul for the first time I had hope Jesus for the blood of life. Thank you, Jesus. It has washed me white. Thank you, Jesus. You have saved my life. Brought me from the darkness into took my place laid inside my tomb of sin you were buried for three days then you walked right out again now death has no sting and life has no end for I have been transformed Jesus, thank you, Jesus, for the. Love. 
why don't we just lift him up right now. God, we glorify, we lift you up in this place, Jesus. We magnify your holy name, Lord God. Aren't you thankful for that blood that he shed for you? I believe he deserves a little more praise and glory than just that. Hallelujah, Lord God, we glorify, we lift you up in this place, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord God, we magnify, we thank you, Jesus, for that blood that was shed for us, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I already felt, I felt the Holy Ghost when I walked in the church this morning. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How many excited to be here this morning? Amen. Hey, right, we're doing, we're doing better. That's a little more than last week. <laughs> we're doing better. How many thankful that he shed that blood for you? Aren't you thankful for that blood he shed? I'm so thankful. It's good to be in the house of the Lord this morning on the Sunday morning, 10 o'clock in the morning. Last week was a little harder because time went up. This week it seems a little easier. I like to fall back. I don't like spring forward. You know, fall back, you get an extra hour. Spring forward, you feel like you just don't know what time of day it is, nothing anymore. But it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. It's also good, and I know Pastor will say it in a little while, but it's good to have our friends with us. Brother Justin Wright and Sister Morgan Wright and their two their two children. They were they were aimers to Bangladesh, and now they're they're going back to be full time missionaries to Bangladesh. They asked them to come back. Amen. I believe God's going to do a work there. They're trying to see. They want to see a million soul revival. I believe it's in October. Is that correct? October. They want to see a million soul revival happen. October. I believe it's going to take place. How many believe that? I believe it could happen. I believe it could happen here in the United States as well. We think, I mean, I, I want to see it take place everywhere. I, I believe it could happen in the church in this area that we live in right now. I believe that we could see this whole city one and see God moving and flowing. Amen. You want to open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 28. Proverbs 22 and verse number 28. And then also Joshua chapter 24, verse number 15 through verse 16. Looks like a good crowd for a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Why don't we give ourselves a hand clap for that? Amen. Yeah, it's good. Hopefully everyone's in the purple team. You know, I told Pastor, I said, now these are our friends. I know they're missionaries, but these are our friends, so we're going to count them as purple team today. So he said, I, he said, well, I can count one of them, right? I said, yeah, you can count one. We'll count the other three. But we took, all, we took credit for all of them, all four of them. That's just how we roll. And, the, and the, you know, last week they won. This week I'm hoping purple kind of sticks forward a little bit, and maybe we'll win a little bit. Proverbs chapter 22, verse number 28 says, Remove not the ancient landmark which thy fathers have set. In Joshua chapter 24, verse number 15 through verse 16, it says, If it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was making a statement. He said, I don't care what God you serve, but I'm going to serve the Lord. And the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. The people actually listened to what he was saying. And they said, hey, I'm not going to serve other gods. I'm going to keep on serving the Lord. If you want to, you can be seated this morning. I want to preach uh, from this title this morning, 
it's uh, kind of a different title, but Professional Pentecost versus Old Time Pentecost. Is this all right? I feel it, I felt it in the Holy Ghost when I was studying last night and this morning a little bit. Professional Pentecost versus Old Time Pentecost. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in the place already. Azusa Street Revival began on April 9th, 1906 and continued until 1915. Nine-year revival took place. Some of us have a hard time with a three-day revival. <laughs> I'm just saying. Nine-year revival. William Seymour began to preach in Los Angeles, California, and I've been down through Los Angeles area, and there's you can see on the side of the interstate, still see Azusa Street, that street right off Interstate 5 in Los Angeles area. But the Spirit of God began to move and fall and flow when they began to preach what God was giving them. He was giving them the truth, and he began to preach what God had given him. And from that began miracle signs and wonders. They say that people's lives were changed. They said that people would receive the gift of the Holy Ghost each night and that people would get their healings would take place and that things would just begin to happen in the church. And we have yet to see a revival of that sort. But I believe that the church has got to understand something today, that we have got to get back to the place where we used to be at. The Bible says, remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. What does that mean? That means, hey, some things were set in place for a reason. I believe that some things were set in place because they were supposed to be there. What am I talking about? I'm talking about prayer and fasting. You can't get rid of those things. I'm talking about the things of God because Joshua said it best. Hey, you better decide what God you're going to serve. Because as for me and my house, we're going to keep on serving the Lord God. And I felt in my spirit to remind the church that the, the problem with the church the day and age we live in is that we have allowed through time, we have allowed the world to come in and the culture of the world to influence a church. And we're, when in reality we have yet to understand that it's supposed to be the other way around. We have got to understand that we're supposed to be the ones influencing the world, not the church, not the world influencing the church. What am I talking about? We come to church, we put our suit and tie on, we, we come into the house of God and we believe that we are going to see things take place, but yet we come in the house of God, do we come in just to look good? Do we come in just to say that we are here? Do we come in the house of God just to say, hey, Brother Watson's here this morning, that's good enough. We come in with our mind made up what we're going to get out of service already. We come in with our mind made up that we're just going to kind of just relax a little bit. But that's what happens when we are a professional. That's what becomes when we become a professional at it. We become a professional at going to church. We become a professional at just checking our name off. But what we got to understand is we got to get back to the basics of what God has brought us here for. We've got to get back to the old-time religion where we would see things take place. I love seeing Brother Morell roll on the ground and worship God. I love seeing those things take place. But what are we... What, what, it's a, I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place. I'm telling you right now, we have got to see those things take place. But we have allowed the world to come in and influence the church to the point where we have allowed the reason that churches have, I'm not against it, but the reason churches have fancy lights and fancy designs and fancy things going on, they dim the lights, is because they don't have the Holy Ghost moving. 
You want to know what those, you want to know why they fill that void? Because that void was once filled with God. I remember revivals when I was a kid that we would last for three or four weeks at a time. We would get home 11, 12 o'clock at night on school nights. My mom would be tired driving us back home, falling asleep, go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning and get up. And guess what? She didn't say we're staying home. She kept on going to church, revival after revival. I'm telling you right now, it's coming, church. It's coming. Whether you want it or not, it's coming for you. We want to see revival take place. Well, at what cost do we want to see it happen, though? I want to see things take place that we've never seen before. But we have got to get in our mindset that it has to be more than just a two- or three-day revival. It's going to be more than just us coming to church looking professional. But it's going to be us getting on our hands and knees and getting a little dirty. It's going to be us coming to church in the house of God and saying, you know what? I'm all right with coming to church and worshiping and praising him a little bit. I'm all right with feeling the Holy Ghost move. I'm okay with coming to church six, seven days a week. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to take place. We, we have got to get out of that mindset that we have, that we come to the house of God and we, we, we're, just, we're just here and we hear it all the time. The, and I'm going to, uh, I'll be honest with you. Let's just, I'm going to be point blank with you. The same people miss church every week because I see the list and I, I message and I call. Sometimes you get responses back. Sometimes you don't. You, uh, I'm just going to be honest with you. If you're missing church so much, it's the easier you, the more you miss, the easier it is to miss church. And before you know it, you're wondering why your family's falling apart. Don't blame the enemy if you can't get in the house of God. Don't blame the enemy for what you've got going on inside your life if you can't even make it in the house of God to worship and praise him with everything that's inside of you. You want to know how to get the enemy off your back, you come in the house of God, and when you don't feel like it, you begin to lift your hands and worship God. You begin to dance around. Am I talking to someone that's there? Am I talking to someone in the house of God today? And sometimes it's not even the enemy attacking you. It's your own life. It's your own, it's your own walk with God. You, want, you, you, go, you, you come to church and we, we have this uh, mindset that, hey, uh, I'm, gonna just, I'm just, just going to be here. I'm here just because I want to show. I haven't been here in three weeks, so I've got to show up at least one Sunday every three weeks. I've got to make sure I make that the number. I've got to make sure that I make it that attendance list. But... If we have got to understand today that we're not just here for numbers, but I want to see things take place like they did the old time Pentecost. I, 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 William Seymour went into uh, Los Angeles, California, not understanding what was going to take place. And for an African-American back in 1906, it was not easy. I'm just being honest with you. But can you imagine him going into a city of thousands upon thousands of people and beginning to preach what God has given the truth. And I'm sure there's, there was, I'm just being honest with you, there was not just a white church. It was not just a black church. Back in, I don't believe God has a white or a black church. I believe God's destiny is for a multicultural church. When you go to heaven, it's not going to be, hey, you got to sit on this side because you belong to the UPC. You got to sit in this side because you belong to WPF. You got to sit in the middle because you belong to ALJC. Pastor's going to be preaching on this in a little while. I'm not going to steal his message. We've got to be in unity with one another. Mm. We want to see things take place. It's not just going to be a one. It's not just going to be a black church or a white church. It's going to be a multicultural church. When you go to heaven and dance before God, you're going to see other nationalities there. It's not, 
I mean, we picture ourselves, just us, worshiping and praising God by ourselves. But you're going to look around you. You're going to grab your brother by the hand, maybe have a different skin color, and say, you know what, I want you to worship God with me. Because I believe God created all of us equal. I believe that when we go before his throne, we're going to see a multicultural revival take place. We're going to see those things happen. Well, how is it going to happen? Because we're going to get back to the old time Pentecost of how it used to be. We're going to get back to the place where we need to be at. We're going to get back to the place where we have got to understand that if I go to the house of God to, to be a professional, that I'm here for the wrong reason. But if I come to the house of God and want to see things take place, then it will take place. It's going to happen. It has to happen. You know, we think for a little while about uh, revivals that took place in the past, and we, we begin to think and, and uh, look at what happened a long time ago, these revivals that would, uh, of past times. You can probably look back in your memory and remember Revivals that happened of uh, people getting the Holy Ghost, blinded eyes open, different things like that taking place. But what has a church got to that we have become so professional in the way we do things where we have to have a certain agenda, we have to have a, a certain type of almost criteria, we have a certain uh, way of doing things. We, we come to church and we know that we're going to sing. There's nothing wrong with having a way of doing church. I'm not saying that. We come to church and we know that we're going to sing two songs in first service. And we know that first service is going to either be dry and dead. We're going to wait till second service. But we have got to come in the house of God regardless of what first, second service, third. I don't care. We could have, we could have five services. It shouldn't matter to us. We should come with the same mindset. We should come in the house. I'm going to be honest. We should come in the first service the same mindset we come into because second service it gets us excited about the things of God why aren't we excited when we walk into the house of God it shouldn't matter at who's preaching first service yeah I'm going to tell you right now here's the thing that has changed in the day and age we live in we want people to and ministers and, and singers to get us excited we sit down we're a uh in this day and age we live in, we want to be influenced by uh, media. We want to be influenced by, I'm trying to think of the entertainment, an entertainment spirit in the church. That's what has crept in. I'm just being honest with you. And a spirit of entertainment. We want to be entertained by what's going on. If the preacher is not entertaining, we're not going to get behind him. If our kid is not entertained in Sunday school, we're not going to let him go to Sunday school. If the youth path, if the youth pastor is not taking them to just jump, we're not going to let them go. If they have a service, we're going to let them stay home. But let's go to just jump because I want them to be entertained by something. Here's where the issue is: we're entertained by music. That's why we worship during music. Why don't you get excited about the Word of God? Because you're not entertained by the Word of God anymore. You don't understand something. I remember a day and age where preachers would preach and the same, they would get more excited about what was being said because it's the word of God than by music influencing them. Than by uh, just feeling the spirit of God move and flow in a church. And they wouldn't even sing the first song. I remember revivals that would take place and uh, 
when I was growing up, we had a revival that took place and our church was in a, actually a kind of an area like this and a lot of houses around it. It was a smaller church. I remember a time that we had revival, uh, really hyper evangelist came and, and uh, my mom knows exactly what I'm talking about. She's already laughing back there. Hyper evangelist came and our neighbors, we'd have church so much. I'm not, this is no joke. The cops would, the cops would get called every service because people would be speaking in tongues until 11 o'clock at night, midnight, and the cops would come in. And they would say, hey, you need to calm down a little bit. But then the, the, the police officers would come in the house of God and they see what was going on. They said, you know what? I'm not going to stop this. You just keep on doing what you're doing. <laughs> because, hey, when they see what's going on, it's not, I mean, we're having a party, but it's not the kind of party they're used to. They can't stop the movement of God. I remember one time we were in service and this uh, the pastor was going around and uh, making sure the, the police got called that night. It was about 11 o'clock at night, I believe. Police already got called. They were coming in the church and they were telling everyone to calm down. And the, the evangelist got so excited, he said, open the windows up, let them hear us. And the assistant pastor was going around, whoa, 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 shutting all the windows. You know, and they get so excited about the things of God, but sometimes... You don't want to get the cops called on you again. You know, there's, you, you get called two times, it's all right. But you get called a third time, they're going to shut it down. They're going to shut it down. I remember another time we had another ch church that my wife went to that the police officer came into the house of God. It was, and it wasn't even in a really neighborhood area, but the police got called. And the officer came in and come to find out he used to be apostolic. And he was praying up there. I remember him going up front and asking for prayer. In a service he was supposed to shut down. Don't tell me that God doesn't move. <laughs> Don't tell me that he doesn't move. I, I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm, I'm, what, what has got inside of us, hey, I'm just being honest with you. We should be so loud and crazy in here that the cops should show up every church service. I want to see a revival so strong that they get called because they think the building's on fire. I've heard of it taking place. I've heard of firemen getting called to the houses of God because they said, you know what, the building's on fire. And they come in, nothing's here because they saw the Holy Ghost fire on the outside of the building burning strong. You don't think it can happen? I believe it can take place. But we have got to get back to the old ways. I love seeing people in the house of God worshiping, praising Him, even when no one else is doing it. I love them coming to the house of God and beginning to lift their hands and raise them and worship the God because when there's no music, when there's, when there's no preaching, they just come in the house of God. They say, God, I, I'm, I'm here right now. I'm going to worship and praise you with everything that's inside of me. I, I want to see something happen. I want to see a move of God take place that's never taken place before. I, I want to get back to the old ways, not just, in, not just in standards or anything like that. It's another thing for their time. But what I'm talking about is getting back to the ways where we used to just come in the house of God and lay everything down before him and, and, just, and just lift him up with, without feeling like we had to be entertained by everything. Uh, we don't have to feel like we have to be a culture that has to be entertained all the time, but we have to come in the house of God and say, you know what, God, I'm not gonna, I don't want to be entertained by those things, but I want to come in and be entertained by your presence. I want to be the one entertaining his presence. We have, we're the, we're the church has turned it the other way around. You see what I'm saying? We have turned it around. We used to entertain the presence of God, but now we want to be entertained by his presence. This is why we don't want to, this is why we have turned into a, being a professional about it. 
I don't want to be a professional Pentecostal. I want to get back to the ways where we used to have, where we, we, you want, we wonder why revival takes place in areas that we never thought. It's because they have not changed the ways. I mean, we wonder why revival happens in different countries all the time. It's because they have nothing else to look forward to. Because this is all they have. They don't have the fancy cars. They don't have the expensive and high-paying job. They don't have the big houses. They go to the house of God and they say, you know what? All we have is Jesus. All we have is the moving of God. But I guarantee you right now, if you lost everything, you lost your job, you lost your house, you lost everything, and the only thing you had was Jesus, you would make sure that you were in the house of God. And you would give him everything that was inside of you. We want to see these revivals take place. You give God everything that's inside of your soul. You give him everything. Pastor talked about giving tithes and offering on Wednesday night. If you weren't here, you missed a, that probably, honestly, that was the best message I ever heard on tithes and offering. I'm just being honest with you. Best message I ever heard on tithes and offering. And if you didn't, if you didn't hear it, you, want, you need to go back and watch it. You need to go back and watch it. I'm just being honest with you. If you want to be an old-time Pentecost, you need to start, you need to give and tithe an offering. You are, I'm, not, I'm not the pastor, but I'll back him up. You want to see God bless you? Don't just give and tithe. You give an offering as well. You want to see God open? You, you feel like you're financially strapped? Give more. Don't hold it back. You give more. You feel like you can't pay your electric bill? Give more. I remember a time when uh, we didn't, me and my wife didn't have any money at all for Christmas presents. And uh, we didn't have any money. And the only money we had was Taz. And guess what we did? We didn't spend it on Christmas presents. <laughs> it would have been easy to spend on Christmas presents. We gave it. We gave it to, for Taz at church. And I remember the next service, next Sunday, is, I think it was the Sunday before Christmas, this older couple in church came up to us and gave us an envelope, said, I felt led in the Holy Ghost to give this to you. We opened it up. It was the exact amount we paid in tithes. You can never outgive God. Let me know how much we gave. But in the same aspect of giving tithes and offering, we have got to come in the house of God and give God everything that he deserves. We shouldn't wait for the first song. That, we shouldn't wait for them to sing in the right key. We shouldn't wait for them to do all that. Thank God they do sing in the right key. <laughs> Aren't you thankful for praise singers that can sing in the right key? That's the reason me and Pastor don't sing, okay? Because, Lord, if you sit over here, you would not feel the Holy Ghost. You wouldn't feel it. They asked us to join choir. I told them, you want people to come to church or not? I'd be the one up there saying watermelon the whole time. That's all I'd say. That's what they, they tell you to say, watermelon, if you don't know the words. You just say watermelon, it looks like you're singing. That's all you do. So you just keep on saying, hey, watermelon, 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 watermelon. Hey, I'm just being honest. If I could sing, I would sing my whole message. I'd be like Court Chavis on, in Youth Congress. I would sing my whole message. You think I'm joking. You'd have to hear me for 40 minutes singing. But thank God I can't sing. <laughs> I can barely preach, people. That's good enough. I can barely preach. I don't need that. Just leave it to yourself. And Brother Wayne Huntley said most of the time when they tell you you're good, it's because you're really not. They're just trying to build you up. 
Did he not say that? He said that. Well, aren't you thankful to go to a church that knows how to worship and praise God? I don't want to get back. I don't, I don't want the world to influence a church, but I want to be a church that's influenced by the old time. You want a church that knows how to worship and praise and live for God? You got to have a church that backs up the ministers, no matter who's preaching on a Sunday morning. It might be me, Brother Stedman, Brother Morell, or Brother Michael. It does not matter who's up here. You get behind the man of God. Am I talking? I'm preaching to someone in here. I'm preaching to someone. You got to get behind the man of God. You got to get behind your pastor, even when he's preaching about tithes and offering. And if you feel convicted, well, you need to give tithes and offering then. <laughs> I, mean, I didn't feel convicted because we give him tithes and offering. If you feel convicted, then it's God telling you, don't leave church because you feel convicted about it. Start giving in church. You can never outgive God. I'm going to stop rambling on. It's 1040. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place today already. I feel His Spirit moving and flowing. I wonder if our musicians can make their way at this time. We're just going to be in the worship and praise Him with everything that's inside of us. I don't want to be in. I wonder what would happen in this house of God today if we had some old time Pentecostal people that weren't afraid to stand up and begin to worship and praise Him. We don't need to wait for music. We don't need to wait for anything. A lot of times we just stand up and we wait for the. People to start singing the right song. We wait for them to do the right thing. But I wonder what would happen in this house of God if we would all stand up this morning. And if we would just begin to lift our hands and begin to worship and praise him with everything that's inside of us. Let us not be influenced by the culture of this world, God. But let us be transformed by the renewing of our mind, Lord God. We magnify, we lift you up in this place, God. Touch someone's life right now, Lord. In this first service, Jesus. We ask you to look down upon us, God, and touch and lead us and guide us, Lord Jesus. We just want to worship and praise you, God, with everything that's inside of us, Lord God. Let us not be changed by the influence of this world, God, but let us change the world with what's inside, what we have inside of us, Lord God. Why don't we just begin to lift him up and praise him, God. If, if you feel led in the Holy Ghost, you want to find a place to worship and praise him, why don't you do that right now? Let's just usher in the presence of God in the second service so we go into this next service.
lift him up right now. God, we glorify you, lift you up in this place, Jesus. We magnify your holy name, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. As they're getting ready to do this contest, why don't we just look around? Why don't you shake someone's hand? Go find a visitor, shake their hand this morning. Tell them it's good to have them in the house of the Lord. shaking everybody's hand. Let's welcome our leaders. Brother Alex for the orange team. And Brother Luke for purple team. Yeah, let's go team purple. Let's go, boys. They're not in here, but all right. Where's our leaders? They're not here. Okay, since our leaders are not here, you're just going to hear me hooping harder. If you're on the purple team, let's go. Yeah. Who's, well, here he comes, whatever, whatever, here he comes. Luke, where are you? He'll be out here in just a minute. Let's go, Orange, let's go. Woo, woo. There he is. Let's hear it for the purple team. So. That's right. That's right. All right. So we have how many visitors we have? We have a lot of visitors. I know we do. That's great. It's really good. We need to keep it up. We need to keep inviting people. It's the way. It's the way to do it. It's the best way to get people here and heard about the truth and further themselves in God. It's really good, but we're still going to win. So, so make sure you text everybody, no matter if you know you don't want to, just do it. It's really good. We need to win because I can't cook. I can't. I want to eat Alex's food because he does cook good. He, hey, he cooks cook, great. Hey, I'll cook for you before the dinner, okay? I'll make you on private meal. Like I said before, I like Kentucky Fried Chicken. All you got to do is go through the drive-thru. I like some Little Caesars pizza. I mean, get me some McDonald's cheeseburgers. It's okay. Fair enough. But we're still going to win. So keep inviting. Keep inviting. Yeah. Now, I may not have much... I don't really have anything catchy to say today. I've been trying, you know, Orange Team may not have any catchy phrases. We've been trying to focus our attention on inviting people more than coming up with. But we don't really need to say a bunch because the, the proof is in the pudding. We're going to be quiet and let the Lord fight this battle for us. He's about the only one that can fight your battle. So we do have prizes for all the visitors at the end of the service, and we will tally up at the end, and Purple will be victorious today. But keep him. Don't, don't turn my mic off, Brother Mark. Rude. 
orange team. But worship with us. We all love Jesus together. Listen, the church is purple. That's all I can say, and I'm out of breath. So if I stop breathing during this song, somebody just pray. It's the last time I've probably run a lap in a long time. I'm old.
sanctuary, Jesus. In your presence, in my life, your throne is like fire. Shut up in my face,
worship deeper than before. I want to love you more than before. I've got to shout louder. Freedom. Freedom. I
Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can we just worship God and thank him for his freedom in this place this morning? Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm mean, thankful for what they feel in this house this morning. Hallelujah. Can we just give God a great big hand clap of praise? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Whew. I, already, I feel like God's already touching people this morning. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do this right quick, and I'm going to get out of the way. We're going to kind of do a two-for this morning. I'm going to take these requests. We're going to do our offering together. Hallelujah. Touch Brother uh, Mother Michael Franks, Brother Thomas Lovell, Carissa and Raylan are sick this morning, and Tori Hughes is sick this morning. Hallelujah. If you have a unspoken request, you can raise it by the lifting of your hand this morning. We're going to take these needs and take our offering, to, uh, pray for them both together. If you still would like to get prayer, you can come forward. Ministering team would love to pray with you this morning. Hallelujah. Jesus, we praise you, we magnify you, we worship you, we thank you, Lord, for what you're already doing in this house. We ask you right now, to Jesus, God, that you just move right now, to Lord, and touch these needs, God. Move right now, to Lord, upon the names, God, that have been mentioned this morning, the people that have been prayed for this morning. Touch every heart, hand that's been raised today, God. Move, God, upon this offering this morning, God. Let it be for the furtherance of your kingdom this morning, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, and we give you praise and Thanks for it all. Amen and amen.
everybody. You can be seated. It's such an honor and a privilege to be here today with every one of you. First of all, I'd like to give honor to Brother Flannery and um, helping us to get on this initial voyage. He uh, helped us and I appreciate that so much and uh, going to bat for us and I really appreciate that. I give honor to Brother and Sister Watson. I've known them a long time. I don't even know how many years now. Brooklyn was had a bottle when I first met her, so a long time ago. <laughs> so I'll give honor to them today. So we have, in the last six months, we have been in the nation of Bangladesh. It is a nation, 50 years old, very young nation in the aspects of nations. only been a nation about 50 years and the population is about 160 million people in a very small area. The population density is huge. Um, everyone is crammed very tightly fitted into the capital city of Dhaka and then throughout the rest of the villages. But we were mainly working in the capital city of Dhaka at a Bible school. And what's so neat about this Bible school is anybody can come to the Bible school, no matter what background, what religion they are. So people come 
that have Hindu backgrounds, Islam backgrounds, other faiths of Christianity backgrounds. And the first month we spent teaching doctrinal, apostolic doctrinal to them. And by, before we left Bangladesh, every student that had came and had stayed to that six-month mark was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and had been filled with the Holy Ghost. So we are seeing mighty revival in Bangladesh. So, Prabhu Prashangjahok, praise the Lord. Ephesio Char Pach, Prabhu Ek Bishosh Ek Baptismo Ek. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. So God is moving in such a mighty way there because the I'm going to because when you look at the breakdown of religion 90 90.4% is Islam 8.5% is Hinduism 0.6% is Buddhism and only 0.4% are Christian in this nation so, but the great thing is that they have freedom of religion and God is moving. We are seeing people that are hungry for a God that is alive and well and that is able to answer their prayers. And God is filling them with the Holy Ghost. God is moving in mighty ways. And COVID has put a damper on a few things, but God is still pouring out his spirit and we're excited to see God continue to move. There's exciting things coming. We are hoping our goal is when we go back and hopefully a few short months is to help establish a work in Chittagong City. It's the second largest city in Bangladesh. It has 8.4 million people in it. And there is not an apostolic work there. So that is our goal to go back and to begin to start a work there in Chittagong City. And we are praising God for everything that he has done and everything that he is going to do in the wonderful nation of Bangladesh. And we would ask if you would like to partner with us first in prayer. We are always looking for people that will take us on in praying for us. So if you are willing to pray for us, just add us to your list, the rights. You can just begin to pray for protection, that God will begin to move in a mighty way there. And to pray for our children that nothing would harm them and God would just help them to flourish and to grow in another nation. And also, if you would like to partner financially with us, come back to the table. We would love to talk to you. If you would love to become a partner in mission with us, you can just fill out this form and begin to give and to partner with us in your fund. And we appreciate what you're doing. I can tell that God is working in this city in Kingsport. God, I'm glad God has established a church right here at Tabernacle of Praise because I can tell God's pouring out his spirit and y'all are going to win this city. Y'all are going to see mighty revival in this city because y'all are out there working. You are out there doing, and that's what it takes to win souls. No matter what, it may cost you something, but God is going to reward that cost that you give up. What you give up here, you're going to see in the revival that is to come. Don't stop. Don't stop. Keep 
Keep pushing. If you come against the brick wall, just keep pushing because God is going to give you the revival and the harvest that y'all are hungry for. God bless you. And if you want to come back after service, come back and talk to us at our table. We'd love to speak to you. God bless you. Amen. Thank you, brother. Amen. Praise God. Thank God for what God is doing in, across seas. In these other countries, that's exactly what God intended, that we get the gospel to the whole world. Amen. We need to get the, and the only way to do that is send people out to do this, you know, and, and we're so thankful for the Wright family to accepting the call, a very hard call to make, um, to leave whatever that you have established and are comfortable with and go across the world to a foreign land. Uh, where you are the minority. He just told you 0.4% is Christian over there. So he's, he's in a definitely a minority there, but I believe God's going to turn that place upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Anybody believe that today? Amen. Praise God. I'm going to get right in the word of the Lord today because i got some stuff to cover and we're going to have a baby dedication today. I know Papa's excited about uh, dedicating his grandson to the Lord. We're going to do that after service. But real quick, we're going to get into the word of God today. In Mark 3, verse 25, I'm just going to go ahead and read it to save time. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And Ephesians 4 and 2 says, With all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, and devouring to keep the unity of of the spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, even as ye are called into one hope for your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Amen. I'm going to preach just a little bit today, and it's going to be a little bit harsh, but we need to hear it. Amen. And in this subject and title that I have today is do you really want it? Do you really want it? Amen. Let us pray here today. Lord, we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for what we feel in this house. We ask you, Lord, be with the people that are here and the great crowd that's here today. Let our hearts and minds to be open to receive your word. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated here today. I want to ask this church this morning, do you really want it? Do you really want revival? Do you really want to fill this place with the lost? Do you really want to make an impact on this city? Do you really want what I'm talking about here today? Amen. Praise God. I'm glad we're getting a lot of response here today. Because it might change in just a minute. Some of and most apostolic churches would say, yes, we want, we want revival. We want our city turned upside down. We want that. In this and 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 I'm here this morning to say our actions though sometimes is totally different than what we say. I've learned in 30 years of being in the church that I have heard messages. I've preached my, uh, myself some messages and and warnings from God, and people clap and shout, but live totally different. I've heard tongue interpretations of God trying to get His church on track, but only to fall on deaf ears. I've watched as other denominations fill stadiums 
on weekly basis, and I've also watched as one apostolic church won't, won't even fellowship with another apostolic church in the same city. I've seen riots and marches for different beliefs and causes that change laws in our land. I've heard people in our old church say we want to change our city. We want to turn our town upside down. I want to see so-and-so back in church. I want God to use me in this last day. No, we have the truth. and We have what it takes, but do you really want it? Pastor, what are you saying? We come to church, we do this and that. We give here and there. And I believe some of us, though, have been impersonating a Christian so long we don't understand what I'm talking about today. We talk one way here, and outside these walls we talk a different way. I'm not talking about bad language here. I'm talking about we talk big in front of the church, but in, inside the church, but once we're outside, we talk totally different. We come to an altar and worship with our brothers and sisters, but as soon as church is dismissed, we start talking about that person. Like we have room to talk about anybody. Because my Bible says we are sinners, but by the grace of God, amen, hallelujah. Amen. In my prayers the past few months, I'm trying to get this church to really grab a hold of our slogan for the year. And we need to get a hold of that. Anybody see our uh, billboard on Stone Drive? Amen, it looks so good. But there's things we gotta do before we can restore. Amen. I have preached on this topic many times and there's been messages and messages, thousands of messages on this one subject that I'm going to talk about today and if not changed we will not see what God has shown me and the vision for this church. Oh, we're just like the young ruler will say, you know, pastor we, we got the Holy Ghost, we're baptized in Jesus' name we're good people what more can we do? It all boils down to one word that makes hell laugh at us every day. In fact, when I tell you there may be some of you that will roll your eyes and say, well, here we go again. But I'm telling you right now, if we don't get this under control, we will not have the move of God that God wants us to do in this local assembly. The word this morning is unity. Amen. It's unity. This is the biggest thing that is killing the, our movement right now, and that is disunity. And I'm not talking about other churches right now. I'll talk about that in just a moment. But I'm talking about inside this building. It is so bad sometimes that it makes me ask the church the question, do you really want revival? Amen. Do you really want true apostolic revival? If you talk negative about this church or any, even someone in this church, you're doing exactly what the devil wants you to do. He wants you to do that. He wants you to be a hypocrite. Don't you dare come to church and shout and dance and pray for your brothers and sisters and then go out of these four walls and talk about them because you're doing exactly what God, a uh, devil is trying to do and hell is trying to do and that is to stop this church 
from succeeding. Amen. He's trying to stop this church from being filled. He's trying his best to stop this church to change this world upside down. And if you allow the devil to talk about your brother and sister in the Lord and talk about them behind their back and stab them in the back and do all kinds of talk about the ministry, talk about different things in the church, you're doing exactly what the devil is wanting you to do. Amen. When you do this, you're distorting the growth of this church. Nothing will derail a vision faster than disunity. It is true in business, ball teams, all kinds of stuff. You let that lineman or those linemen not block for that quarterback, you'll see exactly what's going to happen. That guy's going to be running for his life. Amen. I've watched the church grow in number and talent and grow spiritually, but I've also seen disunity creep in and halt what God is trying to do. That's why I ask you today, do you really want it? Unity is the heartbeat of the church. It is so important that without it, we will never feel this building, not, not even talking about the pew that you're sitting in. Jesus prayed for unity in the church. That's how important unity is. In John 17, he said, I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one. And that that world would know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them and thou hast loved me. And Jesus prayed for unity in the church. It must be really important. It's got to be. It's, it's so important. Unity is necessary for most effective presentation of the gospel. How can we preach to the ones that are lost about the gospel if we have something against our brothers and sisters in the Lord? Amen. You might as well not say nothing. You might as well keep your mouth shut. If you can't get along with your brothers and sisters of the Lord, you need an altar today. You need, to, you need to fall upon this altar right now and say, God, whatever I've done, whatever they've done to me, I don't care what it is. I want to make things right. I want to have unity with my brothers and sisters where this church can be filled, where this city can be turned upside down, where my nation will know the truth and the gospel. Let them see from me. Amen. John says it. Then the world will know. I believe the church that is unified around the mission that Jesus Christ himself laid out to the disciples in the early church can change their surroundings. What does unity mean? The definition for unity is oneness, harmony, and agreement. Oneness means just what it says, one. Now one may consist of more than one thing, like for instance, a car has all kinds of parts, all kinds of stuff. Those who work on cars know, I do not know. I can change oil, brakes, that kind of thing, but I can't do much more than that. But it, a car is full of all kinds of parts, but it does not mean that it's all kinds of different cars. It's one car. Amen. Harmony can be like music. We all have heard many different kinds of music, but music with good harmony is music that flows together to produce a nice, steady, smooth rhythm and sound. Agreement will produce accomplishments, working together to further a purpose or decision to agree or to have one conclusion. Is unity for us? Well, Psalms 133 says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. What's it like? It says in verse 2, it's like the precious ointment 
upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. Look how David described unity in these two, two scriptures. David starts off with this chapter by saying how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. But look how David didn't beat around the bush to proclaim the goodness and pleasantness that comes out of unity. There is no goodness that comes out of arguing with one another. Amen. Anybody been hurt by a brother or sister in the Lord? Raise your hand. That's all right. I have. Amen. But I learned a long time ago, I'm not going to let that keep me from heaven's gates. Because i got to realize people are human beings. And we make mistakes. We say stupid stuff. Anybody want to uh, uh, have some guts this morning say, I've said some stupid stuff? Amen. Those that didn't raise your hand, we'll pray for you after service. Amen. We've said some stupid stuff. I've said some things I wish I could take back, but I could But the one thing I can say is, will you forgive me? I'm sorry. Amen. I messed up. I, I, I did this, I did that. I didn't mean to make you mad. I didn't mean to do this. I didn't mean to do that. Will you forgive me? We need to be concerned for one another. Always willing to help one another and show love and support towards one another in all circumstances. We need to unite together as a family and to have the same heartbeat, to have one interest and one soul that hungers to be united. But then we look at verse, that verse two of that chapter 133 of Psalms and we see a more powerful illustration of just how important it is to unite together in unity. It describes as like the precious ointment upon the head that ran down unto the beard, even Aaron's beard that went down to the skirts of his garment. This precious anointment that the Bible is referring to is anointing oil. The anointing oil one was made strongly perfumed with a fragrance that eliminated odors and replaced them with a sweet fragrant smell. Let me say that nobody smells like a rose in here. Amen. Everybody's got a past. There's nobody that was born into this thing full of the Holy Ghost and all that. There's only one perfect person. He died on the cross for you and I. Amen. So every one of us has got a past. Every one of us doesn't smell like a rose every once in a while. Some of us even got some thorns. Amen. I've been saying my sister-in-law, Lisa's been a thorn in my side since I met her. Amen. Amen. But Ephesians 4 and 32 says, And be ye kind one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. How in the world can somebody stand and say, I can't forgive that person, knowing that Jesus Christ went to the cross for you and I to forgive you and me? Amen. I don't understand that. Matthew 5 says, But I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you. How hard is that? How hard it is to uh, 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 ask for blessings on somebody that knows that talks about you on a daily basis. Amen. I love walking into a room full of people and they all get quiet. Either they're talking about you or they're talking about something they don't want you to hear. One of the two. Why doesn't the scripture say retaliate? Or even if they do something even towards you, why, why not can't we just you know, smack them around a little bit? Because God knows that we are human. There will be times when our humanity seems to get the best of us and we might say something we regret and maybe something that we wish we shouldn't have. Well, what if someone does me wrong? Do I really have to forgive them? Matthew tells us that. 
Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? And Jesus' next response tells us, I say not unto thee until seven, seven times, but until 70 times seven. It's a hard thing. That's why I'm asking you today, do you really want it? Because if you really want it, there's going to be some things in this, in this four walls right now that some people's got to get care of and put it under the blood this morning. Amen. If you really want revival, there's things that we must do in our walk with God that we really don't want to do. And one of the hardest things to do is ask for forgiveness. Maybe ask for forgiveness for somebody that you don't really want to even talk to. Amen. Why did Jesus say that you must always be willing to forgive your brother and sister? Because God knows that there is, if there's no unity, there is no church. Why did Jesus say that? Say that? Well, pastor, they, they talked about me, but I ask you have, you, have you talked about anybody before yourself? Should we raise our hands on that? I'm just being real today. Amen. I've talked about somebody before. <gasps> Amen. I got one honest. Uh, Abraham, thank you for being honest, buddy. Appreciate you. Amen. Amen. You know, we just, if we're being honest with ourselves, we've all talked about somebody. Amen. Some more than others, but we've all said something about somebody. You may say, well, I've heard, I've had a hard time with this person or that person, or I don't know how to help keep unity in the church among my friends. See, what the devil tries to do is tries to isolate you. If he can isolate you in the house of God and get you where, you know, I sit over here by myself, and when church is over, I don't try to fellowship, I head to the door. I head to get it. He's trying to isolate you. Luke says, and the Lord said to Simon, and said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. If there is one thing that Satan tries to always do is to try to neutralize those who stand for revival, holiness, and unity in the church. He'll try his best to mess you up. He'll try his best to trip you up. He'll try his best to do whatever. He'll get somebody, have you ever sat in church and somebody came in and you look over and say, uh, what are they doing here? You know what I mean? Let's be honest. We're all being honest today, okay? Have you ever looked over and said, well, it's about time they get here. I'm, the preacher's talking to so-and-so, I know he is. And you're looking around to try to find them. Amen. It's funny, but it's true. Satan does this by trying to isolate you and deceiving you into believing that you are all alone. That's what he wants to do. He don't want this church to be united. He don't want this church to be one family. Hey, the church was my family. I'm first generation apostolic preacher. I didn't have my mom and, and, and stepdad wouldn't come. I would come by myself. I didn't have, so the church became my family. The church came and thank God my mom and, and stepdad are in church today. But, but what I'm saying is I was by myself. It would have been easy for the devil to say, okay, I got him alone. I got him by himself. I got him in this corner right now, and I'm going to leave him there. I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that, sure that I stop him what God is trying to do in his life. It's sort of like the Elijah syndrome. Just like Elijah, we are sometimes tempted to retreat into a cave and enter a spiritual depression. 
become prophets with no hope and it's all because someone said something about you. Somebody don't like me. Somebody didn't like my preaching. Somebody didn't like my singing. Somebody didn't like this. Somebody like, who cares? Amen. I hate to have a no care attitude, but when it comes to stuff like that, who cares? Amen. Who cares if, if you're, like Brother Watson said, me and him couldn't hold a tune in a bucket, but we're over here singing Thank goodness I can't hear him and hopefully he don't hear me. But we're singing. We're not singing to you. We're not singing for the praise team. We're not singing. We're singing to God. We're doing the best we can. I don't know if it's a joyful noise or not. I don't know what God thinks about it, but I'm giving everything I got. Second Timothy says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing whom thou hast learned from them. If the Lord says to forgive, we need to forgive. If the Lord says to continue in love and unity, then we best do it. The Lord knows what he's doing and has everything under control. Does unity bring results? This is what I'm talking about today. Because we're in a situation that we've never been as a church. And I'm talking about the church. I'm not talking about just tabernacle praise here. But we're in a point of time where I believe that the coming of the Lord is near. And we have all kinds of stuff that are unified. We see, we see uh, all kinds of stuff happening in our world that we never thought that it would ever happen. We have men swimming with women and, and all this kind of stuff, and, and, and they're allowing things to go on that we would never think that would go on, and, and all this kind of stuff, and, and women's sports I was talking about. And we're in a situation now that the church must do something now. We can't wait for some great revival. We can't wait for some great missionary. We can't wait for some uh, evangelist to come to get us all pumped up and ready to do God's work. We must do it now. There is a world that needs a church now. There's a world that needs a church that's gonna stand up against all these things that the devil's trying to do and devil's trying to destroy. We need to be the church that God has called us to be. Stop sitting back and just looking around and say, okay, we're just waiting on those eastern skies to open. He didn't say sit around and wait for me to come out the eastern sky. He said go on the highway, the byways, compel them to come in. Amen. Preach the gospel to every nation. Amen. So does unity bring results? Two times in the word of God did people change the world forever. The first is in Genesis 11. The Bible says, Brother Hess, it said that they built us a city and a tower whose top may reach into the heaven. Let us make us a name. Let us be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the the verse number five of that chapter 11 of Genesis is so powerful to me. Because it says, and the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men built it. And the Lord said, behold, the people are one. They have all one language. They are, they are beginning to do things. And now nothing will be restrained from them. The people were so united that God came down to see what was going on. And he said, there is nothing these people won't be able to do because they were united. Was they united for the right thing? Well, no. 
but they were united. And when somebody, when a group of people are united together, there is nothing that cannot be done in this city and in our church. But we have got to get in the mindset that I will love my brother and sister as myself. I will forgive even if, even if I think they don't deserve it. I'm going to forgive anyway. I'm not going to have anything against, against my brother and sister. I'm going to do things. I'm going to help them. I'm going to love them. I'm going to hug their neck. I'm going to shake their hand. I'm going to pray for them. I'm going to help, whatever. We got to get that mindset. The second time is in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared on them cloven tongues like as fire and set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Because of their devotion to the cause and their willing to put away differences, God poured out the single most powerful weapon the world has ever seen, and that was the Holy Ghost. And because of that, the world has not been the same since. But they were unified. Do you not think there were some people that thought, I don't know why Peter's here? Amen. I guarantee, out of 120 people, I guarantee there was some somebody that said, oh yeah, there's Peter. I heard he denied us. I heard he cussed. I heard he went back to doing the same things he used to do. Why is he here? But somehow, some way, they got rid of the differences and say, we're going to stand together. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray right now, amen, until something moves. Sometimes we don't have a move of God, and we have good moves of God in here. I'm not, get, I'm not taking away any of that. But we're just really warming up, as the old song says. But if we would stand together and lift up our hands and worship together and, and make it up in our minds that we're not going to leave this place until we have an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Some, there might be people in here who don't have the Holy Ghost. I don't know. But I do know there's some people in here that needs a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Because I ain't seen you moved in months. And if you have what I have inside of me, there's no way you can sit in a service. I don't care who's up here preaching. I don't care who's up here singing, what kind of song they're singing. If, if, if Sister Heather plays the wrong note on the piano or Brother Braden uh, uh, messes up on the beat of the drum, I don't care. As long as I'm in the house of God, that's all I'm worried about. I'm going to just lift up his name. I'm going to worship him because of what he did for me. Amen. Amen. There is power in unity. There is power in unity. Folks, we're not going to fill this building until we get united. You say, Brother Flannery, it's, we're just living in the Bible Belt. There's 3,500 apostolic holiness churches in our city. You know why? Because there's no unity. Amen. I'm, I'm just being real today. Somebody got mad at somebody and said, I'm going to go across town. I'm going to start a church. That's what, that's what we're living in right now. A brother told me, he said, what would happen if all the churches came back, came together unified? I said, I know what would happen. Kingsport would, be, would explode in apostolic revival like never before. Amen. But it's a mindset. It's a mindset that I can't go be with my brother across town or across the street or down here because... They're, you know, they're not UPC. Amen. 
or they're not ALJC or WPF or whatever other organizations are out there. There's so many. You know why there's so many organizations? Because somebody got mad, somebody left, and they started another organization. When I flip to the word of God, there is no organization. It's the church of the living God. Amen. So we need to learn how to fellowship. Amen. Before you start clapping, you better listen. We got to learn to fellowship with the ALJC, the WPF, Holiness Church of Jesus Christ. If they're preaching the truth, Acts 2.38 message, we need, to, we need to lock arms with them and say, hey, brother, we're going to lock arms with you right now and we're going to take a hold of our city. Amen. We're going to march with you. We're going to pray with you. We're going to worship with you. Amen. We're going to dance the aisles with you. We're going to do whatever it takes because there is only one church. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen. We as children of God need to set aside all the differences and opinions that we might have toward one another. We need to bind together in love and in unity. We need to call out the name of Jesus. If we unite together in one mind and one accord, we will have revival. Amen. See, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stress this again. Hold on, let me read this scripture. In Philippians 2, 1 through 3. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels or mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Amen. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to have true apostolic revival in this city. Amen. And when I say revival, it has nothing to do with sinners. Amen. It's reviving you and I to be who we were called to be. We were not called to be pew warmers. We weren't called to be uh, uh, disunified. We weren't called to talk about our brothers and sisters. We were called to make a difference. We were called, hallelujah, in this day and hour, that exactly where we're at right now, we were called to save the law. So we got to be revived today. Revived today. Amen. Praise God. Well, there has... You know, some people say if you don't go to T.O.P., then you don't, we don't have no fellowship. I, I hope to goodness I never hear somebody say that from this church. Amen. If, I, if I'm going to change your mind on anything, that's it. Is that just because you don't go to T.O.P. doesn't mean we can't fellowship with you. Amen. I don't care what anybody else says. I can't, I can't talk for other pastors and other churches, but as for T.O.P., we'll worship with anybody. We'll help anybody. We'll pray for anybody. We'll have revival with anybody. Amen. Many believers believe we are in the last day. Now, if that is true, then Hebrews tells us what we must do even more than ever before. And as Hebrews 10 and 25, for not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as we see the day approaching. Amen. We gotta love one another more than ever. We gotta come together as a family more than ever. 
We got, we got to lift each other up more than ever because we're living in the last day. It's coming, church. So we got to get in the mindset that I love my brother. I love my sister. If they've done something for me against me, I don't care any longer. I'm not letting that hold anything against them because of that. I'm going to worship God. I'm going to hold their hand. I'm going to lock arms with each other, and we're going to take this city. We're going to take this country. We're going to make a difference. We're going to turn this world upside down with revival. So I ask this church once again, do you really want it? Amen. Do you want, really want true revival? So I'm asking, if you do, I'm asking to get to your feet right now and get to this altar. If you don't, that's up to you. But don't let your hindrance hinder this church because you don't want to have true revival. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, church, we're in a desperate hour. We are in a desperate hour. This world is looking at everything else. It's time for them to look at the church. How can we portray the church if we're bickering amongst each other? How can we portray Jesus Christ if I, I can't help a missionary out or I can't help an evangelist out or I can't help somebody that uh, uh, has done something to me? You want, you want to really change somebody's feelings? Go up to somebody that you know has talked to you about you like a dog. Amen. I've done it many times. Amen. And they squirm like an earthworm out of a pack of worms you get from Walmart. Go fishing in. But when you hug their neck and tell them, I love you. something will come inside of you and you'll feel the true heartbeat of God because that's what he did the, one of the last things he said on the cross was Father forgive them for they know not what they do the last time I checked there's not a soul in here that's been nailed to a cross so we must forgive as we lift up our hands across this place right now I wonder if we can make an atmosphere of unity in this place one voice, one voice crying out to a holy God. One voice, hallelujah, lifting up the name of Jesus right now, hallelujah. Pray for yourself, but pray for your brother and sister. Let God know that tabernacle praise is unified. We're not stopping, we're not backing down, but we're getting stronger in unity. Hallelujah, we're gonna make a difference. We're going to make a difference in this city. We're going to win the lost in this city. Hallelujah. So we're unifying right now. Hallelujah. Let's lift up our voices. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Lift up your voices. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Praise your Lord. Hallelujah. Now, if you'll just reach over where it's appropriate, lay your hand on a brother and sister right now, and let's unify across this place. Hallelujah. Devil, that's one thing that you're not going to come against tabernacle praise, and that's you're not going to make us disunified. We are unified with one faith, one baptism. Hallelujah. And we're going out to the cities and the highways and byways. 
Hallelujah. We're going to compel people to come in. They're going to see your goodness in us, Lord, because we're unified in this place. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, that's it. Come on. Hallelujah. Let it out. Let it out right now. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes.
feel in this place right now? Amen. Do you feel that love of Jesus in this house? Hallelujah. Do you feel that love for your brother and sister in this house? Hallelujah. We praise you for it. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise today, can we? Hallelujah. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. I'm excited to see what God is going to do at Tabernacle Praise because we are coming as one. Amen. We are united for one cause. Amen. For one cause. That's to win the loss to the Lord. Amen. We believe in that right now. We have, before we leave here today, before they do their uh, Sunday school presentation, we have an exciting thing that's going to happen. It's a baby dedication. And I'm glad we're all united right here because it takes a whole church to help raise a child. Amen. Because I promise you, a child will look and see how you react, how you walk. And don't even have to be related to them, but they see in other people in the church, they see how you are. So we're, we're raising these children today. We got a perfect opportunity right now for the Buddy Craft to bring Elijah James Craft up here. We're going to dedicate him to the Lord. Amen. Yeah, if you, if you want a prize, you better not leave now. It's an important part of the church service. Amen. Praise the Lord. We are so excited to be able to dedicate Elijah James Craft to the Lord today. This is a great day for his papa. His papa called me and really was excited about being able to uh, dedicate him today. And I know that his daughter is not here. But I believe in the Holy Ghost right now, and I'm going to speak prophetically. She's coming. Amen. Buddy, she's coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. This is such a precious time, not only for the family, but also for the Lord. Because God loves these little children more than anything in the world. The Bible tells the story of Abraham, the call of God on his life covenant that God made with him and Abraham is called the father of the faithful because he was the one though which the nation of Israel would be born but you see there was a problem early in Abraham's life him and his wife could not conceive a child but he did have a son through his wife's handmaid Hagar and he said maybe this is the one the promised child but God said no that Sarah was going to conceive so when Sarah birthed Isaac, she literally began to laugh with joy and caused everyone around her to laugh. She makes a statement that kind of sums it all up. You would have never thought, said Sarah, would one day nurse a child. Children are precious in the eyes of the Lord. We fast forward about 10 or 15 years. God speaks some of the hardest words to Abraham. He says, take your son, your only son. Go up to the mountain that I tell you, you're going to give your son over to a sacrifice unto me. And I've read this story many times, and some of you have read it many times, and I noticed that Abraham never questioned God, not one time. Amen. He just got his son, said, hey, we're going up to the, to the mountain, we're going to build an altar, and we're going to sacrifice to the Lord. I believe that Abraham knew somewhere back in his mind that this wasn't going to happen, that God was going to give him 
a sacrifice. Amen. So he went up and his son says, Dad, where's, where's the sacrifice? He says, today it's you, son. And he puts him up on the, on the altar there and he was about to sacrifice his son when the angel of the Lord stops him. They look over and they found a ram caught up in the brushes to offer instead. And this is what was happening. God simply wanted to know if Abraham would be willing to give back that boy to him. Our children are precious gifts from God. It is a miracle of God that any of us have children today. You know that this story was really about, it was about dedication to God. It's an important thing. I told you, brother buddy, this is an important thing. This is the thing that you're taking on responsibility to. That I'm going to make sure that little boy knows God. And I'm going to give him every opportunity to grow to be a man of valor. And not ashamed to call upon his name, but know the word of God. Amen. Abraham simply had to dedicate his son, his life to God. And Abraham went on to offer the ram as a sacrifice to God. Listen to what Abraham called the place. In Genesis 22 and 14, Abraham said, and called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh as it is said today, which means, Lord, our provider. When I think of this story now, it's powerful how our children are precious gifts from God. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof and all that dwell therein. Our children really do belong to the Lord. Yet when we bring our children back to God for dedication, God sees the good intention in our heart and says, no, I want you to keep him. I want you to prepare him. And one day, I will provide him with my spirit Amen. and everything else that he will ever need to accomplish my will in his life. But Abraham refused to give, if Abraham refused to give Isaac back, he would have forfeited all God's promises and plans for Isaac. As the family and friends that are gathered here at the altar in the church body, I ask you, buddy Kraft, what are you doing today with Elijah is you are simply giving back to God. You are making a powerful statement to the Lord that this is what you are saying. Lord, I dedicate Elijah to you today. Will you allow me to keep him, prepare him for the purpose in your kingdom? Buddy, I charge you this day to keep him, prepare him, teach him, lead him, by your example as loving and godly grandparent from this day forth do you accept this call I also challenge the family and friends that are here in church body to treat Elijah as one of God's own and do your part in leading him closer to God do you all accept that challenge today you got help brother Amen. so let's pray for Elijah and his family today the name of Jesus right now, Lord. We dedicate Elijah back to you, Jesus. We're giving him back over to you, knowing, Lord, that you're going to use him for your glory. Let us be the ones, God, that train him, the teaching, the ways of you, Lord. Hallelujah. We know, God, that this papa needs your help, Jesus. He needs your help and strength, Lord. Hallelujah. To teach his grandson the way of you, God. 
that one day you'll be able to fill him with your spirit. One day, hallelujah, you'll be able to use We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor because we know God, hallelujah. Today is a very special day in his life, Lord. And we thank you, Lord. Let this church be an example to him. Let us all be examples to him, hallelujah. The, the, what a Christian should be, Lord. We give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. Praise God. Well, he's chill, brother. <laughs> amen. Let's give Elijah a hand today, Brother Buddy Crap. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And we thank I thank Brother, Brother Kraft for letting me have the opportunity to do that because it's a very important time in this young man's life. And I'm excited to see the Lord tarries what God's going to do in Elijah's life. Amen. Uh, Sister Lisa's coming. Before she does, a uh, few. Uh, Chris Slim, is he still here? There he is. Good to see you. Amen. Been a long time, my friend. Amen. So thankful. Daniel Lane, I don't know who that is. Amen. Wave your hand. You're still here. And Brady and Ethan, is that Ford? Okay. And Brenda and Mandy. Amen. It's good to have you all with us here today. Amen. Praise God. Sister Lisa.